We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation, CP from the Knicks Fan TV here, and this episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. Now, I'm always in the market for supplements that are both clean and give you a good performance. And what I like about Ladder is I'll take a pre-workout shake. And it'll give you like a nice energy going into it. You get your workouts in, but it doesn't give you that hangover effect like a lot of the other supplements do. And then after my workout, I'll take a whey protein shake, either like vanilla or chocolate. And what I like about the protein shakes are they don't give you that aftertaste that a lot of the other shakes do. So you can actually mix it with water or I typically mix it with like a smoothie, a berry smoothie or a green smoothie. And it goes down right. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock the best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use this code better every day for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's better every day for 30% off at ladder.sport. Peace. Here we go. Another edition of the Quarantine Stream. Salute to Knicks Nation. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show. Special guest tonight with us, Jay Ellis. Yeah. Jonathan Macri of the Knicks Film School is back in the building. Macri, how you doing? I can't believe it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute since, since the last post-game show, man. But, hey, welcome back. You know, Thanks let, for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's let's get right into it. On tonight's show, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, the Fred Van Fleet debate. You know, that, that's been kind of driving Nick's Twitter these past couple of days. Definitely want to touch on that. Um, also, Victor Oladipo. You know, Ian Begley, in his latest mailbag, th- thought that Victor Oladipo could potentially be in play for the Knicks based on the fact that, uh, you know, he's had a contract impasse with the Pacers. And then I kind of want to touch on the whole insanity week 
and uh, the Linsanity Week that, that MSG had last week and, and what your thoughts are on Linsanity um, as we go forward. So um, let's get into it. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, fellas. Obviously, we're in need of point guard help. Uh, we have a couple options. Obviously, the draft. We have uh, a CP3 trade, like Macri said, will not go away. And, and you know, potential free agent options. You know, Macri, you um, wrote an article in this week's newsletter on Fred Van Fleet. So let's, let's make a case for Van Fleet, for or against what say you at this very moment. Um, can, I, can I cheat and say it depends? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it dep- you know, here's the thing. Uh, I think, like, basically the case that I made for him was that I think he is a really um, – he's a unique player in that you could – you know, you can play him at the one and there, you know, the numbers last year with Toronto, when Kyle Lowry was out, he was out for, I think a stretch of like 10 or 11 games. And, um, you know, the Raptors didn't skip a beat, but Van Fleet was wonderful. Um, you know, so you can play him and have him, you know, essentially run your offense, but he's not a point guard. Um, now that's a gift and a curse, right? Because, Theoretically, if the Knicks get their long-term point guard in this draft, then that doesn't prohibit you from also signing Van Fleet and playing and playing them together. Um, and then just having, you know, I mean, more talented guys is better. I think the the issue and the, the misperception for some fans is thinking that like um, Van, it's like, you know, it's just to compare him to CB to Chris Paul for a second. Like, oh, why would we sign Chris Paul? Fred Van Fleet's much younger and is going to cost half as much. Yeah. Well, Chris Paul's a, a, not only a point guard, he's like, I don't know, maybe the best point guard this century. Well, he's, one he's, of the best of our time, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, it I would argue that he is the best of, of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Fleet is a guy who, again, can run an offense. But it, it, that's why I, I say it depends because not only on the money, I mean, Van Fleet at 20 million is very different than Van Fleet at like 12 or 13 million, which is probably what he should get. But also like, what are your, what are your priorities here? What else are you doing to surround yeah. Van Fleet with, you know, with other talent? Because if you just expect him to come in here and be a top 10 or even top 15 starting point guard, that's not, that's not what he is. He's not going to come in and change your team. Um, and I think the numbers with him without Pascal Siakam, and I know they had some other injuries, but like show that. So that's, I know that was very muddled, but that's, yeah. I mean, it's a muddled situation. It's not an easy answer. True story. JLs, where are you on this, uh, on this debate? Exactly where Macri is. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's really good. He hits the three, he passes adequately, but um, you just you get the feeling that, you know, he wants, he's going to want some money and the production Although it is really good, I don't think it's going to match up for the money he commands. And like we said, if we if we draft a point guard, I don't want to take away minutes from our starting point guard, our future starting point guard, if we get so lucky, um, to get to Van Vliet, who who um, you know is is solid, yeah. but not you know transcendent, you know. But he's good, but. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, though, the Knicks don't even have solid, but (laughs) I guess, you know what, at some point, you don't want to, um, 
Like you want to, if you overpay, you definitely don't want to overpay long term if mm-hmm. you are going to overpay. You know what I mean? So yeah, I would rather you know groom some guys who are here already, or maybe even entertain CP3 if if that's a, a option. But I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I'm not on the Van yeah. Vliet train. I would say, I mean, my pros of Van Vliet, he's, he's a dog. I think he's a gamer. Um, yeah. I think he would come here and, and shine, and I, I just like his grit, especially you know what what he did with Toronto. You could argue he was the MVP of the finals with that game six that he had. Um, shoots the three fairly well, seventeen and six this year. Um, played well, as you said, Macri when when Lowry went down. So I, I think I think he's solid defensively. I think he's a plus defender. Oh, yeah. I think he's averaging about two steals per game as well. So I think defensively, he's definitely going to get after it. I agree with you. I think he does give us that flexibility where, yes, if you did want to still go get your point guard in the draft, you could and potentially slide RJ to the three maybe. Um, So I think he does give you that versatility there as well. On the con side, I'm not really a fan of smaller point guards, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not six feet tall. I'm not really a fan of smaller point guards. Um, That's just never really been my thing. Like I said, he can bowl, but I, I just never really been a fan of the size. And then the contract. You know, um, the way that the salary cap could be impacted by this whole pandemic could impact his numbers. And and yeah. I think he went on record this week to say that, um, that he was expecting that, that, that the numbers could dip a little bit. If you look at the comps, I mean, Terry Rozier got 20. You know, Terry Rozier is in the 20 range. You got look at Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. You have um, uh, Rubio is in the 17 range. You have Drogix, who's, you know, hovering between 14 to 17 on the years. Um, the, the money, I'd be very leery of the money. I wouldn't hate a Van Vliet deal. I definitely wouldn't max him. And definitely not. No, you can't. to be less than 20. That's, that's the thing, I think, that, like, you, it's not – I don't think you – like, Tim Hardaway Jr., there were moments where – and well, I mean, right up until the day they traded him, where it was like, "Wow, this is one of the worst contracts in the league." <laughs> yep. And he was no, I mean, I hate, I hate to say that, but there were moments where Knicks fans thought that. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and now you turn around and you look, and he was a fifty-five uh, effective field goal percentage last year. But you know, go figure. Um, but like, he was a seventeen million dollar player that at times it felt like he played like a. I don't know, a six or a seven million dollar yeah. player. Yeah. I don't think Van Fleet's ever like he's always going to play like a guy who's deserving of, you know, decent money. But so I, I don't think there's gonna be that huge drop off. And the, the one other thing I'll say, and again, this may be a good thing or a bad thing, I don't think there's a team in the league that would benefit from simply having a ball handling guard, even if he's not a real point guard, a yeah. ball handling guard who yes. could just hit a three. Yes. Yeah. And and have and have a defense, yeah. you know, respect him out there. Because I'm I mean, how many other teams in the league don't have literally one guy that could do that? Sure. Um, you know, and look, maybe there's another way to get that guy. Maybe you mentioned Dragic, right? Dragic's a free agent too. Dragic's I guarantee you he's going to come at a cheaper cost in terms of years and dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, is that the better option? If, you know, again, putting a Chris Paul trade to the side for a second, mm-hmm. I don't know. I see. I still see it as drafting the guard and maybe 
getting a caretaker until that guard is ready. Like ideally that, and see, to me, that's why that the CP three deal is still intriguing to me. I know the money's a lot, man. The money is crazy. You well, what else know, are they spending it on? That's, that's Casey, what, what are they, what are they spending on? That's, that's what I'm saying. What are they really going to spend the money on within the next two years, two years left, right? At the end of this year, it's, be well, there's the player option, player which, option. You know, he's taking that money. He's yeah, he's taking it. He's taking forty-seven million dollars. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's taking it. But I mean, I just I think CP three can can really help this team, man. And I just hate to be on board with the CP three trade at a right cost. Obviously, at the right cost. Um, I never he, thought I would be. I, mean, I swear to it's God, hard, I, man, it's hard, man. I'm really not trying to be on the CP three wagon. But if if it's not a, too expensive, uh, you, you got to do it, Jails. You got to do it, man. Yeah, depending on the price, like you said. Depending yeah. on the price. Like, I'm not giving away a bunch of young guys. No. I, I'll give away DSJ and some, some snacks. <laughs> uh, a couple of a couple of coupons for, uh, I don't know, what? Do they have, like, a beer of the night at MSG? Yeah. I don't know what. Chick-fil-A coupons. Jay, listen. <laughs> don't, don't talk ill of Chick-fil-A, please. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Do you guys think, and what about the, the, the Lowry-Siakam dynamic in terms of Van Fleet's production? I mean, do you think that's aided it? Do you think it would drop... You know, should he leave? And and basically, if he comes here, he's probably the second or third option. I mean, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. A lot. <laughs> like, no, I mean, but we laugh. But, like, look at Randall last year. Obviously, these are very different players. One's yeah. a ball handler. One was masquerading. And this one for a little while last year. But obviously, he's not. And then there's the, the range that Van Fleet has. But, like, to take a, to take anyone – and I know he's gritty and, and – and, Casey, I totally agree with you in terms of like what he brings to the table. And I think that will to a certain extent transcend what team he's on. But at the same time, you can't overstate the ecosystem that the Raptors have built there. Like a, he's yeah. a smart point guard who's unselfish playing with a team full of guys who, I mean, let's say it, they're the modern day. They are the Spurs of like, Spurs we got used to the Spurs being the Spurs. They're the new Spurs. Yeah, like, Spurs. that's the only way you go from getting rid of, not getting rid of, but losing the literally the best player in the sport, or second or third, maybe. And you didn't, they were on a, still got one a of the pace best to have more wins. League, yeah, still you got know? one of the best records in the league, for sure. And then you talk about Siakam, like, dude, Siakam might be a top 10 player. Seriously, he's, he's that dude is good. Yeah, it's the new Kawhi Leonard. There you go, man. Yeah. There you go. Cer- certainly uh, envious of the culture, man. What, what do you What do you think, Jails? I, I mean, I, I I hate to agree with Macri every point he has, but he's making yeah. a lot. Of- yeah, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. What kind of <laughs> yeah, he's, it, he's making a lot of good points, man. It's it, like it's interesting, man. Go ahead, bro. No, I mean. He's gonna he's gonna have the ball a lot in his hands. I mean, the one thing you'll I will say is if we do get a guy like Van Van Vliet, that could definitely make a world of difference for us. Um maybe that maybe I mean, depending on the coach, I mean what with Mike Miller here, we were at like a 31 pace. So just having a guard that can shoot 
You would think that's an eighth seed. You would think. You know what I mean? Oh, no, 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 Tails. We always think it's an eighth seed, man. We always think it's an eighth seed with everything, man. If I'm just saying, if you do the math, 30 wins with 30 wins with what we have, no shooting on the floor whatsoever. Yeah. How like how many how many wins is he worth? I guess is the is the real question. I'll, how I'll, many let, you, I'll let you know that when the team rounds out. Give me give me another stretch four or another shooter on the wing, and then and then we can talk. Bring on the rooster. Give me give me give me Gallinari or Bertans, Bertans. Uh, because the the Ingram pipe dream is not going to happen. Oh my god! And, no. and, and and let's go. I wish. Bring bring home the rooster, man. But that, but that is the other, the other component of this is you talk about the four, and obviously right now it's Randall. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be like a broken record to, to anybody watching this that listens to my podcast because I, I go back to this over and over and over. If there, if there's one thing that I believe above all else in the NBA is that if you're a good organization, you trade four guys to when their value is low, or you acquire assets when their value is low, and you trade your own assets when their value is theoretically high. Mm-hmm. The Knicks have obviously always gotten this inverted. And right now they have an asset in Julius Randle that is I can't I can't fathom his value is ever going no. to be lower mm-hmm. than it is right now. So I think part of the benefit of bringing on whether it's Chris Paul or Fred Van Fleet or Dragic or whoever, anybody, just someone that could shoot and open up the offense a little bit is that increases Randall's value to the point that come whatever the hell the trading deadline is going to be next year. Like you, that's when you then move him because mm. I, I totally agree. It, of course it doesn't make sense with him and RJ and Mitch long term. You can't have three non shoot or I, I don't want to call RJ a non shooter. I don't want to get people mad at me, but like, Three guys in your starting lineup who 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 defenses don't have a lot of respect. It's for, questionable you know? at best right now. You know, let's just be real. It could get better. We hope it gets better, but it's I, questionable it right better. now. Yeah, it better. Because if better. RJ's shooting doesn't get better, yeah. then we're going to have an, an issue. Toast. Yeah, Toast. the numbers don't lie, man. How, I don't know how you get mad at calling a non-shooter. He hasn't, he's shot, what, 32% from three, which is, you know, not the worst, but it's still bad. Still bad. Like, no yeah. one can hit a shot. <laughs> they. They had four guys in their starting lineup, sometimes five, who That's defenses true. literally didn't guard. Atrocious. Like, and they tried, you know, they can't tried to it. win games. Just, you really had the, the worst shooting starting five in the league. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't close. Absolutely. It wasn't. I, I, I have to laugh because it's like, and they tried to win games in 2019 and 20 with. That's starting line. He absolutely cannot make it up. Um, let's go to the phones. <laughs> Are you there? I think we got Ari on the line. Ari, let me know if you're there. Hello? Yeah. You, you guys hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Go ahead, bro. Yes. Oh, there's a, there's an echo. Um, yeah. yeah, so with um with regards to this like CP three um Van Vliet thing, first of all, I would not take Van Van Vliet at all. Hard pass on Van Vliet. I mean, how many times are we going to get the third or, or second or fourth best player on some other team and make them the best player on the, on this team? And then they have to, they, they realize it can't be the number one or two guy. And then they just underperform and uh, he would be signing as a free agent. So that would be going into all the cap space. I would do hard pass on Van Vliet. CP3, I would trade for because You'd have to send 75% of the salary back to Oklahoma City regardless. So 75% of $40 million is only really a $10 million extra cap hit. 
and he's a much better basketball player than Fred Van Vliet, and he'll make everyone better. So I would definitely do um, the Chris Paul thing over Van Vliet if there's a workable trade, obviously. Um, and hopefully you could give Randall because he's just the worst player ever, and you might as well just have not have him on the team because he'd be better without him. Um, so that's what my take is. If, if you're not going to get LaMelo Ball, you know, make a CP3 trade. Pray that they take Randall off our hands so we can just get rid of him and you let RJ get the ball more. And, um, you know, Chris Paul will help, you know, with the basketball IQ and just making RJ better, making Mitch better, and, you know, hopefully attracting a free agent um, in the next, you know, the next, next summer. You know, if we could show that we can make the playoffs with Chris Paul and that we're a competent franchise, we'll probably have a better chance uh, come the summer also, and he's only on a spear deal. So I think it's a no-brainer. But um, the last thing I want to say is so unrelated. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know with all the last dance stuff, like, you know, everybody's, like, in the chat, not this chat, but other chats, you know, how much they like Michael Jordan and stuff. I'm sorry. If you're a Knicks fan and you're part of the Knicks fan TV and you like Michael Jordan, you should be ashamed of yourself and you should even be allowed to, like, pretend you like the Knicks. Because I hated Michael Jordan. Oh, he was the nice. only person that I hated the most in all basketball. And I can understand appreciating how great he was. But if you're going to call yourself a Knicks fan, you should be ashamed of yourself if you love Michael Jordan. That's my opinion. <laughs> hey, listen. Ari laying down the law. Yo, listen, man. Hey, man. We, listen, man. It, we've, had, we've had this convo before. <laughs> we've had it before, man. Listen, it's... You know, and, and I've had people texting me like, "Watch this last dance!" Like, "Oh my God, this is bringing up bad memory." Sean Shepard, jail. Sean Shepard is texting me left and right. He's tight. He, it's bringing up bad memories all over again. I'm like, "Yo, is this is 30 years ago, man? <laughs> like, this is damn man, 30 years it still ago." Hurts. Yeah, it hurts, but it's like, listen, last dance is different. This isn't the, you know, the Red Sox documentary or the Philadelphia Eagles documentary. Yo, this is the greatest player, arguably, of of the lifetime. You know what and I mean? Know, you know the psychological thing too is like you watching these clips and these highlights and these games back then, and you know the Bulls won, and you're still hoping the Knicks win somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Can I? I just want to say in regards to that point because I think it's a valid point. Mm. I it's it's weird for me because I I, I came into my Knicks fandom like. I, I remember the 92-93 season, but, like, I I was at the very tail end of that. And I, I was 10 years old. I really didn't even – I wasn't invested at all. 93-94 was my first year, like, really being a fan. And by that – and Jordan was obviously gone. And, you know, I had – it was it was all about the Pacers at that point. Yeah. And then, you know, so – but when Jordan, when Jordan came back, I was – such a I'd gotten to be such a huge basketball fan in that short amount of time and obviously such a big Nick fan but I was like oh my god even at 12 I was like cognizant of the fact that like oh my god I just miss seeing the greatest player ever play basketball I just wish I could see this guy again so then when he came back I there was definitely I mean I was a Nick fan true and true already but there was definitely a part of me that was like I'm just happy I get to see this guy play yeah it's, it's this is the greatest of all time people like come on man it's yeah. a respect, like my guy CP in the audit said. It's a respect. Yeah, you don't like the Bulls team, but it's and this, also they weren't a rival in the second for the second for the season. second they run. Played, they were they only played each other once in the in the playoffs, and that was during the ninety five ninety six season when like it was a coronation. It wasn't that wasn't a playoff series. That was a 
you know, that was yeah. a, a, a march. It, it, I mean, listen, I like the documentary. I think it's well done so far. I think the way that they tell the stories of, you know, all the characters involved um, from the top to the bottom, I, I think is very interesting. It's it's more, I've seen most of the Jordan documentaries, like to the max, um, yeah. all the Jordan documentaries. Um, and and I, I thought this was very, very well done so far. Very well yeah. done so far. Uh, one thing on that, um, what Ari was saying, there is a possibility for the Knicks not to send back um, seven, uh, that much salary because if the Knicks um, decline all of these one-year options on guys like Taj and Portis and Ellington and everybody, then they could just take Chris Paul into their cap, into their cap into space. The cap, it would, yeah. it would have to. Ba- I think they would have to get rid of basically. I haven't done the math, but they would have to get rid of basically everybody. But there's a there is a possibility that. Oklahoma City would be would be able to save, um, you know, a significant amount of money um, in the trade, which given the current financial climate, and again, you have to spend a certain amount to get above the salary floor. And I understand all of that, too. But there's it's a little bit more complex, I think, in terms of a a financial perspective from 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 them. Have you seen I haven't looked up their cap numbers, but have you seen where they are cap wise? Like I'm thinking. I'm, I'm trying to bring the rooster home. And I, I, I need some three-point shooting in, this, in the starting lineup. Like, I'm trying to figure out, can he shake loose with CP3 there, damn near making $90 million over the next two years? Uh, I don't know how much Steven Adams is making. Like, I'm curious what, Steve, what the Thunder Steven is. Steven Adams to. is a – he's a $25 dollars uh, expiring contract mm-hmm. right now. Um, next year, he, he will be expiring. Um, but no, it's their their contract situation is actually pretty good. They have Paul at forty one next year. They have Adams at twenty seven. Mm-hmm. They Schroeder's have Schroeder what, Schroeder at fifteen and a half. Mm-hmm. And the rest of their salaries are, are rookie salaries. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, so that's why I'm saying it, it's if they traded Paul and didn't take anything back, they would actually fall pretty far below the. Um, the cap in that situation. I don't know. I don't know what the salary floor is going to be next year again, because everything's up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it de- again, it depends on what's, you know, who knows? We could be looking at a $95 million salary. Yeah, cap for all we know. We have no air. idea. Every no idea. Up in the air. Uh, let's hear from Joe from Jersey on these CP three matters. Joe, how you doing, man? Hey guys, big fan. Love your show. Thank you, man. I just think to bring Chris Paul in, if that happens, I'm going to jump off the roof. I'll tell you, that would be such a disaster. To bring in a guy who's making $44 million, who's 36 years oh, old, who's old and who's never won anything, and he's going to clog up our cap for two years with a guy who you know is just going to be hurt all the time. <sighs> As opposed to we can get Van Fleet, the guy's a proven winner. He's 10 years younger. Uh, he's a, he's just somebody who can just come out for uh, half the price, and I, I just I to me I just think kind of going with Chris Paul is like that's like the old Knicks. This is just I'm just getting all these flashbacks for bringing in all these has beens for like so much money, and also Leon Rose. Hey, the guy's been here for a few months now. You know, was he Howard Hughes? He needs to come out and tell us what the game plan is for the Knicks. What are we trying to do? It's just yeah. he wants to get Chris Paul because he wants to show everybody how cool he is. And this is like why well, we got this down, right? Because, you know, Wade and LeBron thought he was cool, right? Like, yeah. we need some leadership here so we can show us how we're going to go. And enough of this. Forty-four million dollars for a guy. Yeah, it's a lot, Joe. Man, it's a lot, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on mute because your connection was kind of bad. 
it's it, it's a lot of money, but I the one thing I, I I'm sure you were probably just gonna say is his impact. We, I know he hasn't need, made it to. It's just I anybody listening who has access to to cleaning the glass, great great website. It costs yeah. I think like five dollars a month. Just go on there and you could look at lineup data where and you could you could look at like for, for instance take Dennis Schroeder right. You could look at how Dennis Schroeder does for the Thunder with Chris Paul on the court with him and then with Chris Paul not on the court. And you could do that for every player in the Thunder. Just go through their lineup and do that. Go back a few years. Go do that with any team Chris Paul's ever played on. It is – he has as much of an impact on, on like, doing – like, making things better on the floor as any player this century other than LeBron James. It is insane. That's why it's intriguing, Jails. It, it is intriguing, but it's it's there it's, is... it's not as it's to me it's not necessarily a same old Knicks move. In that you're not looking for him to be the franchise savior. We yeah. need him to set the table, Jails. I'm just I just need him to set the table, get us in the, the right direction. The only legitimate right I say there is, and I've said this before, um, is the injury like. Injury yeah, history. It's gonna happen. You know, as soon as he comes first here, it's gonna happen. Ever been injury free for? I don't know. God knows when. Like he's injured every year. Yeah, and and so, as soon as he got here, it would be bound to happen. I'm, I'm that sure would be a next thing to happen. <laughs> which is which is why like you could talk to me about different trades and like Dallas picks and like maybe you know Kevin Knox. I don't I don't want to give him up. We don't have to get into it today, but like. The idea of sending out an unprotected, or forget about unprotected. Why am I? Why am I even giving it, couching it? The idea of sending out a future Knicks pick in any deal, yeah, no, no, Chris no, Paul, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 because because you yeah. said the second, the second that they trade for him, mm-hmm. it's like Chris Paul tweaked his ankle in in uh, in practice today. We'll see, we'll see him in June. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, like and clock. look, and look, you can still go get Lamelo if you get the top three. You can still, you know, if you happen to go trade up and get Kira Lewis, who better to learn from? You want to learn it from Alfred Payton, or you want to learn it from Chris Paul, who can still play? Like even if if he is healthy, look at the impact that he's had on this Thunder team. This Thunder team would not be the sixth seed in the West if it was not for Chris Paul. Yeah. I'm just saying. I listen. It's against my principles to spend that much on, on some to get someone that's making that much money. But I agree, the money has to be spent somewhere. You're not getting the top stars, and this guy could help move the needle for this franchise. I, it, I, it is the most confusing move in terms of <laughs> what. No, in terms of what is it? What is the the classic Knicks thing? Because you're usually able to see the classic Knicks move from a mile away. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like, wait a minute, is this a wolf in sheep's clothing or a sheep in wolf's clothing? You don't know which is the thing that is like the thing that the Knicks would typically do. Yeah. Or the thing that like, wait a minute, that is that actually the smart move? And, and <laughs> No, it's serious. And it's, it's just there's so much in, like he's played almost 40,000 minutes in his career, playoffs and regular season combined. Um, that's a lot of minutes. Like yeah, he's gonna break down at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's so much that goes into this. It really definitely. is. I, I was expecting him to break down this year, to be honest with you. But yeah, um, me too. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough call, man. Tough call. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, let's hear from um Jermaine from Jersey. Jermaine, how you feeling? What's going on, fellas? How you doing? What's man? going First on? First time calling All right. in. All right. 
quick question, man. First of all, before I say that, man, uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing, man. There's been a lot of boring times out here, especially <laughs> with Nick fans. So yeah. this is all cool as hell. Thank you, bro. Anyway, back to it. Mm-hmm. We talking about CP3, all of this rumors and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Break down what the trade would actually be if it came down to that. That's pretty much it. You guys be cool. All right, Jimmy. Appreciate it, man. Well, Mac, you're you're you are trying to put Randall in this deal or no? At seventeen? What's he? Fifteen or seventeen? Randall? Seventeen. Well, no, he next year he's his contract is funny because when he signed the contract, there there are rumored um, like incentives, uh, and it's I think it's roughly eighteen and change or nineteen, um, and then there's obviously the four million dollar guarantee for the year after that. My my gut instinct is that the the Thunder would look at it as them like they all things considered, they would not want Randall at his current salary. Yeah. That's my that's my gut feeling. So I would not put him in the deal. I think it would depend on like again, do the Knicks do they, you know, do the Thunder want an expiring contract of Bobby Portis or would they rather just have the cap space? I don't I don't know that. I think the more interesting question is what are the young assets or draft assets the Knicks would send back? And I think, you know, Ian Ian Bagley's funny, man. Mm. He doesn't always he doesn't always tip his hand, but he had the piece uh, breaking down some potential CP3 trades. Uh, I forget if it was this week or last week, mm. and both of them were basically structured the same. It was Kevin Knox and like one of like a like the Dallas picks, I think, and Frank Nilakina and like one of the Dallas picks. Mm. I think that's kind of in terms of young assets, draft assets, I think it's, it would be one of those two guys and one of the Dallas picks. In addition to salary, or no? In, addi- in yeah, addition, yeah. In addi- and again, that, that's that's complicated because we don't... <clears throat> but again, does any Nick fan care if, you know, Bobby Portis no, and Wayne Ellington are yeah, yeah. going out? Yeah. No, I mean, it, these are probably guys you're not going to have back anyway. So yeah. it's a question of, well, who would you rather give up, Knox or Frank? Which I'm sure there's some... Some Nick fans that have some very strong opinions. Oh, that that could be a whole stuff. show in itself. That could be a whole show. That could be a whole and, show in itself. And then, but even a more interesting question to me is which of the two um, Dallas picks at this point is more valuable? The yeah. 2021 pick, which is not which is unprotected, and then the 2023 pick, which is top ten protected. But as it stands now, that may wind up being the draft that has the that has high school seniors in it, mm. which throws it like it doubles the talent pool right um i don't know man again just like with 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 the player you're getting back there's so many facets to this that make it so fascinating so something to think about jails for sure (sighs) definitely (laughs) jails is over he's like i'm over this man it's stressful (laughs) yeah i'm telling you man uh i I can't stand i hate giving up first rounders for for old guys man (laughs) even a mavs even a mavs first rounder yeah, I mean, yeah, because you, you figure the Mavs will be good, so maybe it'll be a three or something. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, and look, on KP being healthy. <laughs> I, <laughs> could you imagine how much fun it would be 
to hate watch the Mavericks. Oh God! I look. I don't want to wish. I don't want to wish ill on anyone. We've been doing it all year. But can you imagine? I'm wishing ill, Macri. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like he he goes down with like a a bum something in like the second game of next season, and it's like oh. This could be a two week injury. This, this, this could be the one. It's going to be a four. Oh my God. You know, I know Dodgers is awesome, but, um, and listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not suggesting just toss away the picks because there are other teams. Like, um, I forget what the machinations of the deal was, but the draft pick that Quentin Richardson was picked with by the Clippers was a pick that was not originally the Knicks pick, but they had that pick and then they traded away mm. in some. Sh- I, I shouldn't curse on the show. It's some crappy deal mm. for some crappy player. Um, you know, but again, Chris Paul is a crappy player. So, True, true story, man. Um, salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got about 400 people watching on YouTube JL. Salute to everybody watching. If you're new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new uh, so we can shout you guys out. And also 30 cities in the chat. Let us know where you guys are checking in from. We hope you guys are uh, being safe and maintaining during mm-hmm. these times. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Queens. Trent is up. Trent, how you feeling, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Um, my up? first time calling in. Um, I just wanted to say that I look at the Knicks right now, and in free agency, I think it would be cool if they like kind of just chilled and they didn't psych themselves up to get you know maybe a Fred Flavie or something, and they get just. Forget about Chris Paul if he's not taking a buyout. Uh, look at the Knicks right now. Chris Paul is great. He's one of the best point guards of a generation. But, you know, at that price, and I could tell you would just be paying him to be interested in playing for the Knicks. You know, like, I don't think that's a good match for us. I think that we need to just stick to the draft and get, like, veteran minimum guys. And it's not going to be that horrible if we're under the salary floor, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be horrible. Um, I don't see, you know, it's hard to really say the CP3 is taking shortcuts. It's like the X-Man said on, on Saturday Night Jail. So, yeah. Xavier McDaniel. You he bet. said, listen, you still need vets as well. Good vets, not Alfred <laughs> Payton vets. You know what I mean? You need, you need Chris Paul vets type. At a at a proper price, yeah. You, at some point, you have to get that guy to start to turn things around. Yes. And in a in a perfect world, you get that guy through the draft, which is why, to what the caller just said, if they just rolled with the young players next year and just signed some cheap guys and like won another whatever twenty five games, like I like I I'm the one who's sitting here talking Chris Paul up and like I. It really in my heart of hearts that's kind of what i want because next year's draft man next year's draft is no joke the yep. 2021 draft mm. you know and it's like if there, i know you can't really tank anymore because of the way the lottery odds are and the whole thing but like oh boy if there was ever a year to lose some games you know under this lottery system it's next year 2021 next season yeah oh, gosh <laughs> yeah, I'm stressing out. I'm stressing out, Mac. You ask me these questions about draft picks next year, dude. This is all I think. What do you think I think about in quarantine? Yeah, facts. Playoffs, sales. You know, we're, we're I don't in. want to give him a. I don't want to give him a round. I don't want to give him a pick. I don't. I, yeah, 
Get DSJ. Oh, God. Please, 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 man. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, let's read some of the super chat. Can I ask that question? Oh, so so super chat just a just a donation, monetary donation that they make directly okay. through YouTube. Yeah, directly through YouTube. So um, salute to Mangu Man for sending us a super chat. He says um, we're assuming Chris Paul wants to play the mentor role. Well, That's fair. I I mean does I does he even have a no trade? I mean I don't. Think so. No, 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 no. He, he doesn't, doesn't have one to, to end up with the Thunder. He definitely doesn't have one. No, he, he signed that contract in blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, S-God, he got that money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> S-God, uh appreciate the super chat. He says, whatever you do, do not trade the Dallas picks for one of those picks. Could turn into Imani Bates, the best high school basketball player since LeBron James. Well, I don't think, you know, when, when is Bates expected to come out? 2021, right? No, and... Or he, I'll check, I'll look at it right now. I don't I don't think so, but I I am admittedly not as up to speed as I yeah. should be on the um, the future draft classes. Bates. Okay, uh, who else we got? J Athens seventy seventies hashtag new. Welcome J A Athens. Uh, El Capitan checking in from Yonkers. What's going on? We got Bad Book checking right. in from Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Finn Jeffrey checking in from New Zealand, Jay Ellis. All right, across the across the pond again. Yeah, New Zealand. All right, over, Get it all the way across and yeah. over. Yeah, shout out to Elsbert Wright too from Jacksonville, Florida. Yes, shout out to Jacksonville. Um, people in the chat are saying Bates is twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, that's that's what I was actually. This again, talk about too much time on your hands. I was on um, Rivals dot com mm-hmm. looking at literally like. The, the next four years of like players and you know, you know, who's up there. Um, you remember Dewan Wagner? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Dewan Wagner's kid is, is coming along and he's like many like years down the road, but like, wow, it's a wild world. The world of like, under, like, you know, yeah. these yeah, crazy yeah. shit. I mean, look at how, um, look at overtime. Overtime is probably the most engaged app right now, probably over bleacher report. And that, and they basically, Start profiling kids from high school. That's how Zion grew his brand. lamelo has got like a million plus yeah. uh, followers already. That's all. That's overtime. It's crazy. Yeah, man. O- o- overtime kind of kind of set that set that trend. Well, but Rivals was around way before then. But kind of overtime kind of took it. You know, took it through the digital landscape and, and made it a lot better. Um, shout out to Josh Arisoni sends us a super chat. He said we should know better. No CP three <laughs> run the youth. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, 23 Blade. He also says, I wouldn't trade any Dallas picks since it might increase the talent pool of the draft. Okay. All right. All right. Shout out to 23 Blade. Salute to you. Listen, man, this goes against all my principles, people. I know it. Since high school might increase, <laughs> sorry, since high school might increase the talent pool of the draft. Yeah. 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 No, understood. understood. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phone. So we got here. Let's hear from Rome. Rome in the building. How you doing, Rome? What's good, CP? Jay Ellis. What's good, bro? How you feeling, bro? How you doing? Good, man. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Last time I saw you, Mac, you was at the watch party for the Dallas oh. game. Wow. Hey, it was, it was a win. Thinking. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, unfortunately, it can't, you know, go to the game. Go to game is already passed, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking now. We got, like, you know, Knicks fans. We got to come out and support. True story. Oh, hundred percent, man. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. 
but I wanted to talk about the CP thing. I'm for it because when you look at it, is the Knicks organization talent wise all no direction. CP comes in, CP says Dolan's great. That would be good ratings for the Knicks, and then worked on the team. Two years of him. By that time, our young team would be good. RJ would be blossoming. I would give up, you know, not before Frank, though, because I feel like Frank on the CP would be ridiculous. His defense is something that we need in the young core. Now, now you're talking my language. I, I trade Knox <laughs> first. Uh, you I would trade Knox first, Casey? I'm just yeah. keeping it real. It's just, well, where are we going to look at next year going against KD and Kyrie from Brooklyn? They're already talking about coming back for the playoffs, even if it happens. Nah, they, they, they just try, they're How just trying to get headlines, wrong. They just <laughs> trying to get headlines. I mean, no, th- th- there's nothing that we could do to match what what they could potentially put on the court next year. So I wouldn't even worry about them. They, I, you, I agree. You, they, you're better off just watching them implode internally, right. which is more likely to happen exactly. than trying to <laughs> not, match up with them. Exactly. Not gonna, not gonna would. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So and by the time that team explodes, then we'll be on a ride. Yeah, then we'll be back. That's how it works. KD's <laughs> already well. That's, that's how it works, man. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see see how it goes, man. How about Oladipo? Victor Oladipo is <laughs> another uh ah. name. He's a name. That, that a name. name. Exactly. That that's <laughs> all he is right now. Um that that's floating around as a potential. Uh, because uh, the Pacers in Oladipo's camp uh, were said to be at an impasse on his contract situation. Uh, JL, let's go with you, man. What do you say? I'm already out on this, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, okay. I'm getting a bunch of super chats, okay? Yeah. But um, <laughs> um, really love Oladipo's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great two way player. Um, somebody I, I I've always loved. I wanted Tim Hardaway to kind of be Oladipo when um, you know. When Tim was here, uh, I guess the thing is with Oladipo is you know it's going to cost everything in the cupboard, and I just I just don't feel like we have enough in the cupboard to do it. And that right to me, that's like already RJ and Mitch, and to Hell, give okay. that up to give that up for Oladipo who just coming off of it, the injury, uh, it just to me is like too much of a risk. I would I would much rather attempt to sign him. A uh, year light later than trade for him now and risk uh, yeah. just giving all our big assets up for our, you know just trading in our future again. Yeah, I'm I'm not trading for him at all. I'm with you. If they if first off the sample size is way too short. Off of that injury that yeah. really really limits his game. Right, he's not he wasn't the greatest shooter. He was attack mode. That was all Oladipo's yeah. game was to kill and destroy. And listen, his career arc has been very good so far. You know from. Orlando to OKC to to Indiana, but that injury, man, you just don't know what you're getting. And now with this shortened season, that's impacting him. So the the Pacers are gonna want to look to fleece. You know, the the, the Pacers are gonna want to look to fleece. I I don't think it makes any sense to even rush to to look at him um, unless he's a free agent and shows a bit more uh, resume that and show that he's healthy. Man, yeah. what are you saying? I so. Um... Many moons ago, when I was just starting like writing about basketball, I wrote for uh, about the Pacers exclusively for I think it was like Hoops Habit, and um, watched a lot of their games. And it was the season that um, it was 2017 18, and it was the year that Oladipo you know blew up. It was his first year with the Pacers, 
And actually, I remember writing an article at the end of the year that uh, Oladipo had what I thought was the greatest season in Pacers NBA history because they they had a couple of uh, ABA uh, notables, like even better than the Jermaine O'Neal year that he he finished like I think second or third in MVP voting. He was that good. He was awesome. Mm -hmm. That said, you want to talk about the move that is, that is the classic next move. It would be trading Mm -hmm. Um, this, this, I mean, look, could he come back? in whatever semblance of a season we're going to get, if we get it this year and look like the version of himself that we saw not even last year. Cause honestly, that's, that's the other thing is like the beginning of the 2018, 19 season before he had this injury initially, his like his shooting dropped off. He was only hitting 34% from deep. Like his numbers across the board were just, were not the same as they were during that, that great season. So like, you're looking him to turn back the clock three years, mm-hmm. essentially, almost. And could that happen? Sure, I guess. I, but short of that, I don't think it's a conversation. I think, yeah. it, like, see where you're at when he becomes a free agent. And who knows? Maybe he's a guy that um, other teams are – like, that to me is a more interesting discussion is, like, let's say he continues to look like this version of himself. Or, may, I mean, he would need to show some improvement at some point next season, I guess. But like, and, and what do you pay that guy? That's an interesting conversation. I, yeah. I would not give up big assets for him, though. Yeah, definitely wouldn't give up big assets for him at this point. No way. <clears throat> um, but no, you're right, man. Listen, you, you had a monster year that I think it was 2017. You said right, all star yeah. year, 17, 18, um, all NBA, all NBA. That that was his time, man. But this that injury is uh, it, it's just no telling um, if if he'll ever come back to to uh the original Oladipo and then if that's the case that that's a bias beware as you said typical Knicks move would be to make an Oladipo trade so I'm out on that um let's go back you want to say something else yeah super chat Um, bad book one sent the super super chat uh and says salute to all Knicks fans I take CPP to help the youth by the way my mom is recovering from the virus great thanks for my love from the Knicks fans so shout out to you bad book one shout out to mom boots hope she's better and yeah salute man salute man salute, salute. to bag book one um salute to dj's man 757 hampton in the building what's going on also i want to shout out um travis travis sends us a two dollar super chat as well so salute to travis and uh thank you very much all right back to the phones oh, yo God. oh yeah one more to uh the new york sports guy sends off about our super chat says why give the farm for cp3 we could get conley and free agency to do the same it, he said Con? Yes, he Con- said Con- Mike, Mike. Oh, Mike Connolly in free agency next summer. Because uh, yeah. Mike Connolly's not a free agent this year. He's not a free agent. And I don't think it's the same impact either. Like, I, he kind of yeah. felt like he was trying to find his way on Utah this year. He's, He's had a rough year yeah. in, in Utah. Um, but, but it's been better of late. But again, like, it just... But I think that's that goes to the larger point of like, it doesn't. I know we're all antsy, and I'm listen. I'm as antsy as anybody. Trust mm-hmm. me, I, I I get it. But like, it doesn't. This year doesn't need to be the year, you know, where ex- anything happens really. Because and again, it, there is logic to 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 not winning a lot of games this year. And I know that's not. I know no one wants to hear that, and I don't even want to say it. But. Um, it's a thing. It's it's there is it's it's a thing that they could do. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, Travis's question is, do you think we will bring back Peyton and trade Randall? Um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about picking up? Would they pick up Peyton's option? Uh, and would they definitely trade Randall? When I had Berman on, he, he thought that, you know, trading Randall is, is a good possibility. Um, you know, Peyton, I'm not so sure. Bring bring him back, Peyton. I'm not so sure. I, I guess it all depends on what moves you make. Like if you go make the Chris Paul trade, then yeah, I think Peyton's gone. Or depending on what you do in the draft, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Jalos, what do you think? That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking if, if you're bringing Chris Paul here, then Peyton is definitely gone. But I I don't think uh, Peyton is uh you know I don't think Peyton is gone right away though. Like I think you have I think I don't know, man. It, you all know, like Scott likes likes Peyton, so I don't. I'm not so sure that it's like a done deal for Peyton to be gone. He's, he's um. There's been a few times this season where we thought he was an answer. He played pretty well, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys felt the same way. Even though we do need shooting, so I'm not sure if um they feel like we do, and they want to get rid of Peyton. It, it really it really comes down to again what are their incentives as a team because to play the style like if you if you I, I'm okay with keeping Peyton and playing him as a backup as like you know because here's the thing when him and Randall were on the floor together this is insane but it is true if you if you uh, factor out garbage time, um, which cleaning the glass does like they out Knicks outscored their opponents when those two guys shared the floor, which is insane, but it's, it's true. Um, and like, he was good, but at the same time, what's the, what's the point of trying to like, of spending more time having an offense that doesn't resemble a modern NBA offense where mm-hmm. there's four guys on the floor, at least, who can't shoot because if they don't have a spacing five and Randall is not, does not space the floor and Peyton doesn't space the floor and RJ, you know, RJ, it's like, I, what are, again, what are your, what are your priorities? That's really what it comes down to. What are your priorities? Are you trying, are, are you really, it's, I mean, last year was so much, and I get frustrated when I talk about this, it was, they paid lip service to development, but you can't just say we care about, you know, building from within and all this nonsense. And then, put your put your young guys in on the floor and play a brand of basketball that doesn't resemble the modern game and that, that it's not suited yeah. to their talents. I and wanted, it's not make them better. I wanted to see more Peyton on the second unit helping Knox and with Portis. I wanted to see what that would have looked like, sure. especially his impact on Knox, because I think yeah. that definitely was part of uh, uh, Knox's setback, was not really having that guard that could really set him up, you know, uh, well with the second mm-hmm. unit. I'd like to see Knox play some minutes without Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and that's not any shade on Portis because he was actually good with that with that unit with Mitch and, and um yeah. Frank and whatever shooter they had at the at the two. Ellington Bullock. Well Yeah, Ellington whoever Da was in there yeah, for a hot minute. Free Da. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday to Dot. And Chris Paul. Yeah. So, yes, and Chris Paul. That's <laughs> uh, greatness. Born the same day. Look at that. But, but, but could we get could we get Doc's like opportunities to actually maybe do some stuff on the floor again? Can we like I'd love to see it, man? 
we did it. We did a show with 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 CK two K. We talked about you know the best twenty ones, and out of all the twenty ones, that was the only one who averaged double digits when given the minutes. But he just never seemed to get the minutes. <laughs> just give yeah. the man some minutes, man. Give the man some minutes. I feel like he can average at least 13, 14 game. Yeah. If he actually gets consistent minutes and give him defense. Um I ha- I haven't given up hope on re-signing Dot. I haven't. But, I, I hope they do. You know, I, so I do hope I. they do because I'm I, playing I, with Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get that combo together with all. I don't, I don't know. The, the sample size at this point is only a thousand minutes on one of the worst teams in the league, and yet when those two guys play together, they outscore happen. teams. It's happen. insane. Yeah. Um, again, on the Randall, I'm not trading Randall low. I'm not selling low on Randall. I don't think it makes sense. I think if you do that, where the hell is the production going to come from? Even listen, even though he, he didn't help the team. Uh, uh, win a lot of games. Where's that? Where are you gonna get that production from? You trade Randall. You know, you lose Randall. You potentially lose Portis. Where's your scoring gonna come from? Where's your shooting gonna come from? At, at the four spot, unless you bring the rooster C. home. Gallo. <laughs> unless you bring the rooster home in a tandem <laughs> deal. Man. You know, you could also get. A, there are stopgap options available. I mean, there there are names that people are not going to want to hear, but like. I'll just toss one out because I'm going to write about him a little bit on Friday. But like Marvin Williams is a free agent. Oh no, no, what I'm saying. But like, if you just need, if like, if you need someone at a minimum salary, yeah, step yeah. in at the four and play 15 minutes a game and just stand in the corner. That's literally all he has yeah. to do. Yeah. And guess what he did when he went to Milwaukee. He stood in the corner yeah. and shot three. Seventy percent of his shots came from three. Right. Like. That's different than like you talk about Bobby Portis. Listen, Bobby Portis won them some games, scored a lot of points. He also monopolized way, way, way more of the offense than he had any right to on a team that was not competing for anything. I would rather have a guy that makes that everybody rolls their eyes at, but knows his role and doesn't try to, you know, post guys up and like, you know, look like, uh, you know, primetime Hakeem Olajuwon (laughs) than, you know, um, then Bobby Portis back on the team. That, what, that's what, just that's just me. What if you bring back Marcus Morris at the four? <sighs> that's if you, if you trading Randall. I would do it. I would do it. I don't think Dolan would do it, but I would do it. I I probably wouldn't because he. I think he wants to get paid, and I bet yeah. you somebody does it. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be the. Well, team who that does who it. knows though? Because I mean, his production on this Clipper team. By yeah. nature of his, like his role is is diminished on this team. You know, yeah. he's what the fifth, the fourth or fifth option on this team. We don't even know if they're going to finish the season out. Who knows? Who knows what the market could be for for Mook? You know, and going cap, into this thing the and cap the cap. Going down. Yeah, I, I feel like with the cap going down, there might be a lot of one year deals. A lot of a lot of betting sure, on a, a lot of betting on yourself. A lot of one year deals coming yeah, up. Yeah, a lot of short term deals. So. Um, never know. All right, let's uh, let's bang out these phone calls. Um, JJ from Brooklyn's up. JJ, how you doing, bro? You know, how's everyone doing tonight? How's good, everything? man. So, What's up, JJ? How you feeling, bro? Good, good, good. Uh, I just wanted to actually make two quick points. One was with Harry being basically a linked up GM now. I'm just really concerned that he's going to say, you know, if he doesn't win a lot of games this year, he knows he's probably gone. So is he going to say, 
forget the rebuild, forget the draft picks. I'm going to trade the picks and young players and try and get established players in here that probably won't be the right players to get. And then one one quick point on free agency. I know you were saying um, CP about Gallinari, but he's so injury prone. If you look at his, you know, games played every year, he's only played over 70 games once. You got to yeah. you sign him, you got to take away at least 20 games that he's going to be missing yeah. easily. That's you true. know, to me, the four to get would be Bertans. If Bertans, we could get a Bertans and then like a Malik Beasley at the two, you know, Bertans, to me that would yeah. be a really good off season. You know, then you got your point guard in the draft, whoever it may be. You know, I'm just, I'm just scared to give Gallon Harry a big contract. Yeah, I like you that. Know? It's fair points. Fair, fair points. Bertans is gonna. You want to talk about a guy who I don't care how much the cap goes down. That dude's getting paid. He's getting paid. Bertans. Well, from what I've been reading, it's it's around fifteen. Yes. From what I read, around 15. So, I mean, that's Portis territory. We've okay. Been, we've been around that block already. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's 15 and it's going to be for years, too. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Multiple uh, year uh, deal, for sure. And again, it's like, it's it's always interesting, these conversations about what are guys worth, because it's like there, there's, you know, yes, he, he probably might be the best shooter in the league, but that's all he is. That's all. And and if you're building your team the right way, but again, are we even having conversations about building the Knicks the right way? Or are we just having conversations about like, we need to spend our money on something over the next two years because no one else is coming here. And like, we just try to want to make it a, a you know, a, a, a um, competent basketball environment for the young kids that are here. You know, so it's interesting conversation um, to have. What was the, the guy's first point? Um, he was saying something about Perry as a lame duck. Yeah, he, he was thinking basically as a lame duck that he would basically, you know, sabotage the kids, go with a more of a, a, a win now move to try to save his job. Uh, yeah, I don't think Rose is, is letting him do yeah, that. I, and, I, I and don't see him having all that type of power. One thing I, I think I'd mentioned in the newsletter, but I'll, I'll say it here. Um, someone who is very, very, very familiar with the inner workings of the Knicks was like, Listen, he doesn't always get it right, but Scott Perry, his draft process um, is is really good. It's very sound. It's organized. It, and the, the more I've thought about it, that I that's the reason he is he's still here is because he's you know he's done this. He's been around for twenty years. Like he has all of, they have systems in place mm-hmm. that you know during this time you know it's it's valuable. I don't. I don't know how much decision making Scott Perry's gonna be doing. Right. That's yeah. that's my thing. And, and that's why I wasn't really against it. I know you were steadfast against it, Macri, but yeah. to me, you know, if it's if it's helping Rose get it together with the combination of Aller and whoever else they're gonna bring in to shake things up, as you said, he has his draft team in place, he has his scouts already in place, they've already done their homework, keep yeah. that infrastructure in there, help Rose get acclimated to putting that front office together and then Let's see at the end of the season or at some point if Rose feels comfortable with him, do they move forward or does he make his move? But I, I didn't mind it for the interim to keep Perry to to run the draft along with Rose. I don't want to keep him Perry. I just didn't want I, I thought you could get someone another person from an outside organization to with the with the carrot of Nick's GM mm-hmm. as the as a title that someone can get and keep Perry aboard as as whatever, director of scouting. That's that's my that was my only point. I, I we don't need to like go into it, but I I'm just always about trying to get more intelligent people in your building, and that's yeah. Sure. I yeah. thought maybe a missed opportunity. That's all. Yeah, when it comes to the draft too, it's like 
like you said, I feel like he's more prepared. I, I feel like this year, more than anything, where is not probably going to be a combine. Uh, who knows? You're going to have to really lean on, you know, your research. Yeah. If he wasn't researching before, it's, it's going to be hard to turn it on right now. So I, I feel like it was a good move to keep Perry just because of that notion. It just seems like he just does his research. And the, the Mitchell Robinson pick, for me, was like a good indicator of that. Yeah. Hopefully, you can repeat that this season. It's a, it's a, it's the best when you consider where he was taken. I don't know. You probably argue it's the best Knicks draft pick since Patrick Ewing. I mean, I know KP was was taken, but that I mean, he was the fourth pick, and uh, and he was. Yeah. Most people had him at four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Value at the pick wise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I would think so. Although, although Spencer still says that Iggy will be the best yeah. one, and yeah. I asked him over 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 Mitch. He paused. <laughs> yeah, Spencer. He loved loved Iggy. That yeah. I remember hitting him that night was all about yeah. it. Well, yeah. well, Sh- Schwinny was the one that put us on the Iggy when we did our draft show. That's right. We yeah. were talking about sleepers, and and Schwinny oh, yeah. brought him up. Schwinny brought him up very next day. They drafted him in the second round. So, um, uh, I like having those guys on the talk draft. All right, let's go um to the great uh Canadian uh. Uh, territory there, Eiler, I L I R from Canada. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Good. I just want to say you guys are doing a phenomenal job, man. Thank you. And uh, you know, you guys let you know Knicks fans like myself voice their opinion, whether we're right or wrong. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is we all want what's best for the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that being said, um, I just I just want to say, uh. You know, I think as Knicks fans, we're all over the place. Uh, what I mean by that is um, it all starts at the front office, man. You know, we hired Leon Rose. Fair enough. We got Scott Perry in there. But, man, like, we still got to figure out the coaching situation, you know, because sure, the sure. coach has got to be like, listen, I need this. This is the system. This is the plan. And go from there. Like, you know, we're talking about Van Fleet. We're talking about Oladipo, Chris Paul. But without, like, you know, like forming a system with those main guys, like, yeah. how are we going to get anything done? Uh, absolutely true, man. You know, we all <laughs> operating <laughs> with with no true coach in place. Uh, yeah. But tonight we're hearing that, that uh, well, we've just been hearing the Tibbs. The Tibbs rumors have been, you know, Macri, you came out with it. Uh, uh, said ninety five percent. Berman thinks he's a hot candidate. Everybody basically thinks Tibbs is is the one. So I guess we'll see. You know, uh, yeah. I, I guess we'll see when the time comes what what Rose wants to do. I yeah. I mean, I it's still. I would be surprised if it was anyone else. Mm. But um, that said, I I mean, I'm, I I I'll say this. I hope I'm wrong, just for this reason, because. And again, not to say that the, it, something being done for the wrong, for the maybe not the right reasons is necessarily the wrong move. I don't know if that makes any sense. But like, you, if they bring in Tibbs, you feel like you know why they're bringing him in, right? Because there's history, because he's a name, because yeah. he, you know, you, they, they feel like he could handle the media. And I'm, I, I, I'm not downplaying how serious the demands of the Knicks head coach are like to, to have to face the music every day, so to speak. But it's, I would, 
I struggle to imagine they're making that hire because they think he is the very best person to coach an, a young team that needs developing. And that's not to say that he hasn't thought of all developing young players in the past. Yeah. I mean, friggin' Jimmy Butler came up under Tibbs. Sure. Like, Tosh, Zach Levine, a Tosh. Tosh. Zach Levine, I mean, I know Zach Levine, say what you want about what type of player he's turned into, but Zach Levine swears, swears by Tibbs mm. and how much he, how much leeway he gave him to play the point guard position when, um, when he was first in Minnesota. Like, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't, his, his stuff, is it outdated or not? I, it's hard I don't to, know. Hard I, to tell, man. Hard to I just tell. hope they do their due diligence. Yeah. Like yeah. if they like if, if you re- if they really think he is the best coach the best coach for the job, by all means hire him. I just I don't know. If it's for those reasons that you think, I think it would be horrible because for that for those same reasons, that's why I want Mike Miller. You, you know, if it was that reason, because yeah. I, I think he handles himself well. I think he flies yep. under the radar. He's an X's and O's guy. That's all he cares about, and, and just keeps it pushing. But if, if that's what they want with Tibbs. And and um, I even heard like Stephen A. You know he's mentioned the March Jackson stuff, and they need someone to oh my god you know, represent the brand and all that. And you know I, I'm I'm just not there. I need someone that's gonna push this team forward, develop the youngsters, and 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 just keep be part of that stability, man. We we need stability. You know Rasheed Wallace went on uh, uh, Fan Malusa's show, and he didn't blame Dolan. You know he says you know it's hard to build a team when you're changing the coach every two years. Just yeah, what's the, the system? Problem, what what's the this system? like? Mills and Perry, they talked about when they were here, like, oh, we went and watched the Laker game one one day, and we're like, wow, we really need to get more athletic. Okay, great. Every Knicks fan could see that. Yeah, that athletic is not a system, and I think Facts. they, I think they went into last summer being like, oh, if we just get a bunch of athletes, you know, by by osmosis, everything's going to fall into place, and obviously that didn't happen. Like, what, just get a coach who believes in something. And I'll say this about Tibbs. Tibbs, he believes in he, – he, he has thought this out. I mean, if you listen to his comments from Sloan, the conference uh, that MIT runs, yeah. um, mm-hmm. analytics conference, like, he thinks about this stuff. He's really in-depth. He will have a plan as opposed to – I hate to throw Fisdale under the bus, but, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean – I'll say this, man. Dolan, like, I agree that, you know, people still might, I mean, I'm hopefully, I hope people come here despite Dolan, but I, I don't have this notion that Dolan is just like 100% has nothing to do with why we haven't been winning. Like, of course he has. The, the very fact that Steve Mills has been here for so long and he's been a part of every losing season for the Knicks in the last, what, 15 years? Tell us yeah. something like he's not here, and Steve Mills is not here because you know, <laughs> because he's like he's proven him. He's, he's here because he knows Dolan. <laughs> like so, it's like mm-hmm. there's certain things that Dolan has done, where certain people he's kept around, some people he's hired, that's kept him from going to a certain level. Now I know his intentions are good. I know not everything is his fault, but I do feel like Dolan has a large, uh, you know, stock in why. Uh, this franchise hasn't gone the way it is. And um, also to your point, too, like at the same time, the coaching, the Fisdale hiring, I, I was definitely on board with it, but I, like it really derailed a lot. We all were. It, it really derailed a lot. And I, I yeah. do feel like 
as much as the team kind of fell apart, I do feel like they had a, a decent plan. It wasn't just athletics. They got a bunch of shooters on the team. Um, a lot of them couldn't shoot as soon as they got here. <laughs> like, we, we got Wayne Ellenson, uh, uh, Bobby Portis. Wayne Ellenson was shooting 40%, over 40%. Bobby Portis was shooting over 40%. Um, Reggie Bullock was was having a great shooting year as well. And so was so they, they came with a, a plan to stretch the floor and still somehow, some way, we work. still could find a way to hit Didn't a three. And, um, so, and so I'm, I don't know, man. It's like a lot of it is some people aren't built from New York. A lot of it is that physical hire really derailed everything. And Dolan is not 100%, you know, yeah. to blame, but he's a, a big chunk. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, tight at a Tibbs hire. Um, I did think, I, I heard his, his speech at the analytics conference. I did think he tried to kind of distance himself from the, uh, you know, the, the knocks on him about running guys into the ground and, and not being a modern coach. So he did touch on, I think they did ask him about load management and, yeah. and managing guys minutes and kind of, you know, uh, adapting to the modern system. So I, listen, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind it, but again, it, it's got to be for the right reasons. And I, I hope they have that in mind and, and the so guy really the guy does team. win if you give him yeah. guys that want to be coached yeah. and I, I i would the one thing i i, I won't i promise is the only time I'll, I'll drop the when i was in the locker room line but when i was in the locker room this year and i talked to and i talked to Taj, like the the one memory that will stand out for me this entire year covering whatever i covered six or seven games was the way Taj gibson talked about tom to tom Thibodeau. And like you could see, he had this look, the look in his eye. Like, if you give that guy players who will be open to coaching, he like, and he wasn't trying to put down Mike Miller at all. He couched it with all the right things and saying Miller did a great job, the whole thing. But like, he's that like you could just see it the way he talked about him. Yeah. So. Time, time will tell, man. Um, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Michael Parker sends us a super chat, JLs. He says, uh, salute to the fellas, salute to the chat and the mods. Hope everyone is well. And uh, I lost the rest of his comment here on this dashboard, but salute to Michael Parker. All right. Salute. Thanks for the comment, man. Go ahead, JLs. Salute. Uh, man, yeah. Shout out to everybody in my chat. Shout out to Lionel. He, he, he's chat jumping. Delano, Delano stealing it. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Delano's always, Delano's always yeah, in here. Shout out to my guy, Craig Williams, as well. Raymond Filez, uh, yes, sir. Javan. Yes, sir. All right, a couple more calls before we wrap up. Let's go to, um, get my mouse in order here. Let's go to, uh, let's go to the West Coast. My guy, Nick, is out there. Nick, how you feeling, man? Fellas, what's happening, man? How you doing, bro? What's up? Uh, I'm chilling, man. You know, just uh, consuming Nick podcasts and Nick's fans TV and anything to pass time. There you go, man. <laughs> hope, hope you're being safe out there. Yeah, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm uh, practicing social distancing and everything. <laughs> All right, no doubt. So, uh, all right, two things. All right, I'm uh, I'm down for the tip move. I think Dibs is a good coach. He uh, gets a lot of uh, flack for being a winning coach. Like, the one uh, team in Minnesota, they were in a drought, and they made the playoffs the year he was coaching with Jimmy and the boys. Like, yeah, first, first year, right? Because of the Jimmy nonsense. It's a great point. You're right. Okay, I hear me? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're good, bro. Okay. I know I, I hear myself and then I hear y'all talk. That's why. Okay. So, yeah, I'm down for this. I actually like Dave Yeager as a as a coaching uh, candidate for um, for New York. Mm. I think mm. he's cool. He runs the ball, fast break. Young, the young guys like him. He's just – there's no problems, no issues, no history. He's just a decent coach, you know. Why not, yeah. why not Dave Yeager? Well, I thought there was some issues with him and Vladdy, though, in, in Sacramento, right? And I also thought um, that he had, oh, also yeah, had yeah, a falling yeah. out in, in, um, in Memphis as well. I think that's why he's on the sidelines at at the very moment. But he can coach. Yeah, yeah. Dave Yeager could coach, and like I don't know, there the 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 two the two places that he bristled with the higher ups, you know, Memphis their their ownership situation for a while. I mean, I know they've figured it out, but like there there was a that wasn't all hunky dory over there for a while, and then Sacramento, it's like. Can you ever put yeah. how much stock can you ever put into when something true. goes wrong in Sacramento? Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. And listen, as far as Tibbs, one of the how how have they done since, since. Tibbs has been there, gone? There you go, there you go. So it makes you feel like it's it's a Wiggins and a Towns issue uh, yeah. for the most part, you know. And Butler, Butler's kind of crazy, man. You can't, you can't trust Jimmy Ben. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you could definitely look at that. But to to Nick's point, you know, they did make the playoffs. When Tibbs first got there, you could look at the job that he did with the Bulls, um, the guys that he developed there. Obviously, Jimmy Butler, Taj, Kirk Heinrich was balling for them. I mean, like I said, I, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to bring Tibbs here. Uh, no. I, I wouldn't be against it at all. As long as we could just, again, let him let him rock. Let him rock. Can we get a guy here for four years? Who was the last no. guy here for four years? <laughs> well, Mike Dan, Mike Dantoni was three and 60, 60 well... <laughs> I forget what Woodson finished the year eighteen and six. So do some yeah, do some quick. Although wait a minute, that was 60. the that was the strike shortened year. I think yeah, it was. It was so yeah, he was, was. here that for was insanity. Yeah, yeah that was the three and a half years. He yeah, left yeah. after all that. Mel came back. He said, "I can." There it is, man. There it is. And speaking of insanity, that's a that's a perfect segue, man. Like Can we talk about insanity for a second? Let's talk please. about it, man. Let's talk about <laughs> it, man. So. Um, so yeah, last week, MSG, it was Lynn Sanity week and MSG classic, uh, you know, played, played the whole insanity run from the game against the Nets to, uh, the game against Kobe and the Lakers against the championship Mavericks, the St. Valentine's day massacre, buzzer beater against the Raptors. They, they, they played it all for Lynn, man. But the, but the fan base was, was still divided fellas. You know, the fan base is very divided on this. You had guys, you had the uh, the anti-Mellow people came back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> saying that Mellow, it's all Mellow's fault. He sabotaged Lynn. And then you had the anti-Linners who's like, why the hell are we celebrating this kid and his accomplishments? What does it all mean? So, uh, JL, I'm start with you, man. What did you make of just the whole run and, and was he deserving of this this week? Uh, on MSG, was he deserving of the week? Um, I know he didn't win a chip. I know he didn't play a playoff game. <laughs> but come on, man, you 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 he's deserving, man. It, it 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 was such a phenomenon that you have to talk about it, especially when there's nothing to talk about. Like he, like it was a time when the team was busted up. It seemed like there was no hope. He was a guy that no one saw coming, and he was a spark that that carried the Knicks. And he played into that Dan Tony strength, which is a, a 
a penetrating guard. So, I mean, I, I really feel like he deserved the little um this little run that he's got on television. Man. It was yeah. a moment in history. You enjoy it. You didn't. You didn't come back. You didn't win a chip. But man, you, you got to enjoy the, the bright spots. And it was a, a, a national phenomenon. So. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, they were 9-14 and 14 when they brought him in. Again, heading into another hopeless year. They had Shumpert running the point, if you guys remember. They were waiting on Baron Davis. They had Shump running the point and Tony Douglas. Sitting there hopeless. Uh, listen, I, I thought it was a magical run um, at a time when we needed it. You know, we, we needed that magic. It was, again, it was another hopeless season for the Knicks. I, I thought... His, the impact that this kid had, not only on the team, not only on the league, but globally across the world, you know, throughout the game, I, I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. So I think he was deserving of the week. I didn't have an issue um, with, with MSG paying homage to him. You know, I didn't have an issue with that. Matt Macri, what do you think? Like Jalen Rose, I think always, uh, he's the one who screams like, give the people what they want, right? Like, the Knicks are the guy that has been in 20 years of terrible relationships, mm. one after another. And you know, I like, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like you have something like it, it maybe was really short, like a, a, a before we all are obviously we're all happily married now, mm. but like once upon a time and you get that, you get that someone and it ends for a reason that like, like she, the, the person moved right mm-hmm. or like something some weird happened but it, it is an untouchable infallible memory that's what linsanity is mm-hmm. for people and like i'm like the, the it's like do, should we have the argument of like like well you know carmelo anthony doesn't get the same respect and he was here for seven years but like there's say what it is there's a lot of negative memories associated with carmelo from a lot yeah, it does, we don't have to talk about whether that was yeah. his fault or whatever. It's like, it's there's one thing in 20 years that Nick fans can just have nothing but positive associations with. And it was insanity. And I think it's fine that they gave him yeah. the respect because why not? People love them. I mean, it was great. There was, there was never any feeling quite like that. It, um, it, li- it literally came out of nowhere, man. Literally yeah. came out of nowhere, and and I was in the A. I was in down in Atlanta at grad school da- at the time, and you know when when you when you go to when you go to college, like undergrad, obviously you, you're into the whole college experience, right? You're into the parties, class, and everything. You're integrated socially. When you go to grad school now, and you're older, you're just trying to take care of business, go get your degree, and get up out of there. So I'm in business school now, and the whole insanity thing is going on, and it's like you know the kids that you're in these projects with. It was a mixed group, mixed group, you know, a lot of like um, Asian students that were, you know, yeah. exchange students and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you know, the topics is going from business to what's up with the Knicks and insanity <laughs> and, you know, dead ass sales and Jeremy Lin. And all of a sudden I'm like the Knicks ambassador for like my business <laughs> school, like teaching these kids about the history of the Knicks and what's happening with Jeremy Lin. And, and that's the cultural impact that he had um, and, and really just just turning even the most casual or even people who didn't even watch the game. You know, this, this kid had him, you know, tuned in every night. I was bartending at the time and it was a trip because I bartended for a lot of years. It's only one time where I ever had people like, not that I wasn't going to do it anyway, but like come up to be like, Hey, you're going to have the Nick game on. Right. Like, yeah. You know, 
that mm. that was so cool. And I, you know, uh, yeah, sure, they were not real fans, but I didn't. It was just cool to have people want to watch the team that, like, you gave your, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears to, and he was the reason yeah. for that. So true, true, true. Well, what I was saying because it was funny when when we had um, the X Man on, and after he got off, I was like, name me a player who for one year was as beloved as Xavier McDaniel. And the first person I said was Jason Kidd, not even thinking about insanity. Yeah. And the reason why I still it's I still don't re, like revere him in that way as a Nick like that is because like I was telling JL the Miami series turned a lot of people off to him. You know, even though he, he didn't play, even yeah. though he left on the poison pill, that was one thing. But to not play number one against our biggest rival, number two, when you're wearing the heaviest jersey in the league, and the biggest mistake he made was to say that he was eighty five percent. No, and it's why it's why he didn't. That's that comment crushed. is why he did not crushed. return to the Knicks. Crushed because and, that's why Dolan didn't match. Yeah, because he was he was bitter and he felt like he mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he's, that, going, yeah, he's going for the money. And, mm-hmm. and that was it. That, that was it, man. I remember I was watching that play. And listen, we, we knew we didn't have a chance, but I was tight. I'm like, come on, bro. Where, where are you? <laughs> e- even though by the time they did get to Miami during the Linsanity run and they just blitzed them, you know, they blitzed every I'll never. And, I will never forget them. that game destroyed as them. long as I live. They were... It was like LeBron and yeah. Wade were yep. like were like Jordan and Pippen and Jeremy Lin was Jeremy Lin was starting a new state. Yep. Oh, <laughs> they were they were picking. They, he couldn't get across half court. No, nope. yeah, they oh. they destroyed him, man. So you know, I think listen, I think eventually the league did catch on, and obviously the rest of his career, it was he was still decent, but obviously he didn't have that same impact that he had once once the league kind of caught up to him, and then injuries too. I think he had a couple yeah. knee injuries yeah. that kind of set him back. But um, all in all, listen, I have no, I have no issues with, with how MSG treated him. Um, and and again, and during this time, we have no sports to talk about at all. I thought it was good, good programming, yeah. you know, for, for MSG. <laughs> for so, sure. So yeah, good, good stuff there. Uh, all right, that's about it, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Um, let me just get Ernesto in here because he was he was waiting for a minute. So let's close with Ernesto from Miami. Ernesto, how you feeling, man? Hey, what's up, CB3? What's good, man? How you doing, bro? Yep. My bad. Um, what's up? What's up, CP? Hey, Ellis and uh, G-Man. How you doing, what's bro? What's up? What's going on, man? Um, look, regarding the CP3, the, the only way I would consider CP3 trade if it's a salary dump trade only. That's it. And the number one guy I want on that on that deal is Randall. That's that's look, that, that's the only one of the only reasons I would be the trade. We gotta get rid of Randall. I can't watch this guy <laughs> with a move into a double team. I can't watch it again. I can't do it. So that's the only reason I would trade uh, CP3 if it if it involves Randall. Say uh, Portis and ESG, a salary dump trade only. Okay. I'm not including picks. I'm not including no picks. Shit. OKC should give us picks with all the bunch of picks they have. Hey, they, they, <laughs> they, got, got, that they got a lot, man. They got a lot. But, you know, at, at this point, the way they're and, playing, but, I, I don't see them being. Uh, I don't and, see them being that motivated. Draft, regarding, regarding the draft, look, Kira Lewis. 
I mean, if you guys don't see this guy going to be a, a, a top 15 point guard in the making two years from now, if you guys can't see that, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to say. But yeah. in my eyes, he's dynamic. You can't teach speed. And he has speed with control. He, he can stop on a dime. He has a change of, of, of pace. He has a, he has a really uh, soft touch at the ring. He's going to be an efficient three-point shooter. He's not there right now, but he will be. He's got form. I mean, this guy's going to be a top 15-point guard in the league. I would draft him. Any pick from the third to the ninth pick, I would take Sarah Lewis, and I would not look back. Mm-hmm. And J-Mac, um, early happy birthday. I just found out. I was listening to your face. Uh, Thank you, man. On, on, on Nick, on Nick uh, Film School. You share the same birthday with my uh, sister, May 10th. Oh. So shout out nope. to you. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Happy, happy early birthday, birthday man. Everybody stay safe. And peace, Ernesto, peace, man. Thank Good you. call. Thank we you, appreciate Ernesto. it. Appreciate Happy it. early birthday, too, man. Happy early birthday, man. Thank yeah, you. Listen, I... Uh, uh, I mean, from what we're seeing with the mock drafts, doesn't seem like Lewis. Seems like Lewis is, uh, you know, seventeen to twenty. Can I give a hot take? Yeah, good. Here's my hot take. I texted. I woke up on. I think it was Saturday morning at mm-hmm. like six thirty a.m. and I texted Spencer this. I do this periodically. I text Spencer at all hours of the night. <laughs> um, I was like. I think by the time the the draft gets here, Ky- I think Cairo will, will he, not only will he be a lottery pick, I bet you he is higher on draft boards than uh, Halliburton. And Ooh. I I have a mm. feeling that if the Knicks, unless the Knicks move up to, unless they get one of the top four picks, in which case they'll, you know, they'll take Ball or Edwards or someone. Yeah. I think if they want, forget about this, like trading up from the Clippers pick. If they want that kid, I have a Probably feeling they can take him with their first pick. Damn. Mm. Wow. Mm. I take He's just – he's good. Like, you – like, we, I mean, he's not Westbrook. No one was Westbrook. Yeah. But, like, you you, you know the archetype of players who rise up draft boards, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, before a draft. And I know the fact that there's no, like, individual workouts or what – or it's going to be adjusted. I, that'll probably hurt him because he's, like – you know, he's so fast and he would impress in workouts, but I, I still think he's going to rise up draft boards. Interesting. Interesting. I'm still curious why he's still down right now. You know, I, I definitely want to do some more research, talk to more, some more people on him. Um, because I'm wondering why he, he's been steadily, you know, in that late teens to twenties area. Um, he, but, he won't be for long. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly somebody that, that I'd be interested in though, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. But um, great show, fellas. Great show. Macri, happy early uh, birthday as well. And, Thank you. Um, let me make sure we cleared out the super chat. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up on the feed, boys. Mr. Durante sends us a super chat. Mr. Durante says, um, trying to find your comment here. Can't find the comments. There's so many chats going on in here. I lose the, the comments on the Super Chat. But Mr. Durante, we appreciate the support and we appreciate the Super Chat. Uh, Macri, I'll start with you, man. Go ahead and uh, sign out, bro. Um, thank you for having me on. It is... Here's all I want to say. It is a testament to this fan base that I could sit here for an hour and a half on a... on a Whatever today... I was checking it today. It's Wednesday... No basketball, no nothing, and just like flies by talking to you guys and talking to everybody about hoops, and it's just um, 
you know, it's it's a cool, it is a very cool thing to be a part of this. And uh, I thank you guys for what you do with this show because no one, listen, you guys invented this. This is your thing. It, no one else is doing it, and nobody could do it better than you guys. So. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Definitely appreciate you guys coming on, man. You guys are always great guests, man. So yeah, definitely man. appreciate all the great insights. And um, let's let's definitely do it again. JLs, go ahead, bro. Yeah, man. Salute, salute, salute to everybody watching. Um, make your time dropping a new episode tomorrow. Finally, the, the, the record from home version of it. <laughs> we were the only, I swear we were the only pod who actually met up to, to record. So uh, the Roni uh, kind of dislodged us probably more than any other mixed pod. But we're going to try to do it tomorrow. So let's look out for new episodes dropping man, on, on the channel. And definitely look out for new blogs from my guy Ken on the nickatomshow.com. Ken's been killing it. Yes. And I can. Yeah, yeah, that's my guy Ken. And um, yeah, man, that's it. Merch is available as well. Thanks to people who have started getting merch. Also, thanks to Ken for promoting merch. And on nickatomshow.com. And that's it, man. Yeah, so, thank you. Appreciate it. And um, so to everybody watch, man, we topped 500 tonight. On a night, like you said, Macri, we're, we're just chopping it up, prognosticating, speculating, and all of that. It's crazy. And uh, driving people crazy with our CP3 dreams. But it's all good, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. You guys know the deal. Remember, this show's available in audio podcast format as well. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, all that good stuff. Share these videos. Definitely share these videos. We appreciate all the super chats definitely goes a long way but we know in these times tough times super chats are not mandatory but there are three free ways that you can support us hit that thumbs up button hit the subscribe button and notification bell and share these videos on your social media platforms the more people we get in here the more callers we get in here and the better guests we get in here so it's a community affair so once again Jonathan Macri, happy birthday man enjoy it with the family salute to all the mods that uh, came through and helped out uh, Delano Steel, appreciate it. Pranav, uh, Marlon Small, appreciate it. El Capitan, appreciate it. Uh, JL, so you want to shout out, man? Shout out to everybody, man, in the chat. Shout out to my guy, Fritz Reddit. Shout out to uh, John Talento, Chris Osacio, Sherman Payne, Craig Williams, longtime support here, T. Ring Wheels, uh, Rich Jim, Delano, every, everybody, man. Yeah, man. Everybody. Kent, Kent. All right, people. Check you guys over the weekend, man. Be safe. Peace.